0: So hello, folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, show.com driving your sales forward. In the Sales Chat Show studio, we have, as always, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I am Simon Hazeldean. And this episode very pertinent, very topical one at the moment. Everybody talking about the the big resignation and losing stuff and one thing and another. So this episode is called These Are The Three Factors That Will Stop You From Losing Your Top Sales Talent. And Mr. Jones, as you might expect from a leading academic thinker, has been reading the Harvard business review as well as the beano uh, which for those of you outside the uk is a child's comic here which graham is i'm sure very fond of so what did the beano i'm sorry what did the harvard business review have to say graham on this topic of retaining talent
1: you remind me actually of years ago when i used to commute on the train uh, there was this chap who always read the financial times Um, And he just, you know, would sit there with the Financial Times in front of him. And then we thought it's a very, you know, obviously, you know, very intense uh, young man. Um, And one day he left his Financial Times on the train. Uh, and obviously he had forgotten to take it with him. So I thought, well, I'll pick that up. And I picked it up, and inside was a copy of The Sun. Um, So he was using the Financial Times to cover up his reading matter, which was a copy of The Sun inside the Financial Times. And so you can actually fit the Beano inside the Harvard Business Review if you really want to. Um, (laughs) However, when the Beano slipped out and I was able to see the article in the Harvard Business Review, uh, what I, Read was that uh, even though uh, people are perfectly happy in their sales jobs, 56%, that's 6 out of 10, are looking to leave their current employment. And of the people who are your best salespeople, 44% of those currently are looking to leave their employment. What it means is that most sales directors will have members of their sales team who are not committed to working for that organization and they are looking to leave. Um, and so what we need to do is stop that talent evaporating from the business.
2: Wow. Uh, can, can I just ask two questions? Do, do, do you think this um, Harvard review um, is in alignment with previous surveys of this type and my Second point is, do we have any information as to why uh, apparently happy people uh, are looking to leave? Is there any information on that?
1: The, The number of people wanting to leave their jobs has gone up in the last few years. So the great resignation that Simon mentioned earlier is where lots of people have, as a result of the pandemic, decided they don't want to be in this kind of rat race of you know, going to work nine to five and it being longer than that. And, you know, they want a better work-life balance. And so they're looking for jobs that allow them to do that. So that's part of the driver behind this. But uh, when you look at um, previous studies, people are always looking for new jobs and new challenges. So it's never never quite as high as this, but it's not unusual for large numbers of people to be constantly on the lookout for something new. And the, the reason behind that, the motivator for looking for something new is not because you don't necessarily like your current job. It's just that you feel that job is not the best fit for you and it's not providing you with the challenges that you want. Um, And so there are, and that's for people who are satisfied with their job for people who are dissatisfied they are dissatisfied for lots of reasons. Uh, the number one reason that people are dissatisfied with their job is because they are, don't have any real autonomy. They are given um, you know, a list of instructions, and they just have to get on with that and tick the box. You know, it's like working in a factory kind of thing. So uh, for people in those kind of professional occupations, they don't like them. So people want more autonomy. So the number one reason people are dissatisfied with work is because they have reduced autonomy.
0: Okay, so this, thank this, you. This data is specifically to do with salespeople, which is interesting yeah. because often often the data on employee engagement or resignations, etc., will be will be more general than this. So this is a kind of an interesting interesting. So forty one percent of those who are what you would you would regard as a sales manager, sales leader as you know, your happy people. Yeah. You know, so there's no reason the forty one percent of them have got an eye on the horizon all the time?
1: Yep. Constantly.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Because I would say with with quote unquote talent, depending on how an organization chooses to define that, and it will vary, obviously, but you know, quite commonly it's people who've got a I don't know, an above-average ability to contribute or grow and develop in the organization, some something of that. They will tend to be the more ambitious people in terms of developing themselves and advancing, won't they? So That's an interesting. And in the and there were some, remember you you telling us before we came on air that there were there were some factors that Harvard say, well, one that doesn't work, which is just making them, giving them more money. Um, but it's they've got some they've got some thoughts and ideas on some things you can yeah. do to to
1: help. It's worthwhile thinking actually about the psychology of employment, because when in various studies looking at the psychology of employment of 15 factors, pay is the 12th most important. So actually, uh, pay is not really that important to people in terms of uh, how satisfied they are with their job, whether they like doing the work, whether they're motivated, it all comes from lots of other factors. So pay is not that important. And so uh, a lot of companies appear to be going, well, if we're going to lose sales staff, we'll, you know, up their commission, we'll, give them a higher commission rate. We'll give them a higher salary rate and that'll make them stay. In fact, if anything, it makes them want to leave. Um, So it usually has the reverse effect because you're demonstrating to them you don't really care about the things that matter to them because pay is way down the bottom of the list. So actually you're telling them you're not really going to concentrate on the things that are important to them. So that makes them want to to leave even more, so raising their pay actually works against you. Um, so that's not that important. But what it, what Harvard Business Review showed was that one of the most important things is allowing a salesperson to get the support they need to achieve their objectives. So if their objectives is, you know, reaching particular, dare I say it, targets for their sales. Um, but if the if you if their objective is, you know, for example, to, you know, gain whatever it is, 20 new customers in their territory or whatever it is, if the company doesn't provide them the support with doing that, and that could, that could be all kinds of different support. It might be training. It might be you know, um, practical support for somebody to help them with the remainder of the territory or whatever it is. The fact that you've challenged them to grow the business and increase their sales, but then don't give them lots of support to enable them to do it, when you don't do that, that makes them want to leave. Because again, it's kind of sending the message, you don't really care about them. You want them to achieve more sales. You want them to achieve greater um, numbers of customers, but actually you're not doing anything to really help them. And so that's a signal that you don't care about them and therefore they want to leave. So that was the first thing that Harvard said. It's got to be, you've got to provide support for them to able to achieve the objectives they've got.
0: Because it actually says, uh, you know, having a look at it, it says to achieve their sales objectives. Now, I know we often have a joke and we'll have a laugh about sales targets. So we might think that was, well, hit my sales target. So I get my bonus, then I'll stay, which actually runs counter to your commentary on the on the financial aspect. But I'm I'm just connecting things like Frederick Hertzberg, you know, old classic, old so classic psychology, if you like. Sense of achievement was a strong positive motivational driver. So I'm wondering whether, as well as obviously, if I hit target, my apologies, Graham, uh, if I hit target, yes, I might be get my commission, I might get my bonus, but I also get that sense of achievement of having done it, and so that that's and you know that might be a potentially i don't know a bigger motivator for people to that you know we hey we've won this new customer that we that we want to yeah
1: but it the the sense of achievement can be from things that are not the sale itself so for Mm. example it might be something like getting more appointments so that you know they keep trying and trying you know do they raise their success rate of appointments with people and that that's a sense of achievement they've been able to do that but what do they need to do to raise the number of appointments? There might be things that they need to learn, things that they need to yeah. understand, support they need you know, from the processes and systems within the business mm-hmm. to make appointment setting easier. Mm-hmm. There could be a whole load of things that are behind the scenes of that. And yet that's an objective of that salesperson. So it's not necessarily a target or an objective for the company. It's an objective for the salesperson. That's the important thing.
0: So it could be helping to remove stuff that's annoying them, irritating them, getting in the way, clunky processes, freedom to to do more, as well as something we will go on and on about probably until the cows come home on the sales chat show is the importance of coaching your people to help them achieve higher, higher levels of, of, of um, success and performance in their roles. So interesting one. And so what, what came next?
1: Next was the connection to the C suite. So this was where sales, some salespeople feel that, you know, the only person in the C-suite that is concerned about them is the, you know, chief sales officer or the chief sales and marketing officer or whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, and that everybody else kind of ignores them. So that it's about sales is seen as important throughout the organization. Um, Because, you know, as every salesperson knows, without sales, you haven't got an organization. So actually, ultimately, you know, everybody's job depends upon sales success. And so they don't feel necessarily valued or connected to the entire C-suite. And it was so, again, this is about recognition of their importance within the organization. And the more you do that, the more they want to stay.
0: And was this internal engagement with the C-suite? Yeah. This wasn't necessarily the C-suite helping the salespeople with executive appointments and customers. This was, they need to be seen to be showing an interest in yeah. sales and engaging with sales.
1: Yeah, it's about demonstrating an interest that sales is important to the business and it's not just, you know, an irritant or it's just, you know, somebody over there does it. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I get on with my job as chief technical officer or whatever it is, Yeah, you know, it's seen you know, about integrating the importance of sales to the whole organization
0: fantastic is an interesting is a is a really interesting to get the cto the cio the cfo the cpo however other than just the chief revenue officer or the chief sales officer involved in in engaging with them yeah okie dokie and the third one
1: the third one, um, some salespeople will love this. Uh, some <laughs> who work for a sales and marketing team will not love it. Um, but the third one was actually making the marketing department do their job better um, because it transpires that of the leads that salespeople get, on average, only 15% of those leads come via marketing. So in other words, marketing is doing making lots of noise But actually, the people doing the work to get the sales are the salespeople. And so actually, if marketing and sales was made more of a team um, and they were more closely connected, then that's going to make people want to stay more. So, you know, siloing off the marketing department from the sales department, as some organizations do, that works against you in retaining staff. And it's really important, actually, to retain staff, not because... You want to keep that talent, and you do want to keep that talent, but actually the cost of recruiting new staff is very, very high, and a lot of those costs are hidden costs. So, you know, there's the cost of recruitment itself, but then there's hidden costs of the fact that when they arrive uh, they've got to be coached they've got to be mentored and that means those people are being taken away from their job yeah. reducing their productivity which hits the business but none of that appears in the profit and loss account so no when you tot up the cost of recruiting somebody it's very very expensive when you look at it from a management accounts perspective it is very very expensive so the churn of staff you want to keep down you don't want people to leave not just because you don't want to lose their talent but because it costs the company a lot of money
0: yeah i seem to remember seeing an estimate of it's about half half of somebody's years first year's salary or something was the i think that was a general role comment i mean it was the recruitment cost i mean but if you add in if you're using recruitment agencies there's all of that Aspect There's the management time for the whole interviewing and assessment of the people process, isn't there? And then there's the time to desk, the onboarding time again, which it's a great idea to use an experienced salesperson as a mentor for somebody joining the organization, but you've got to realize it takes the experienced person's eye off the ball a little bit um, in order to, in order to invest that time with the new person. I mean, the really good ones will be able to do both of course, but you know it's, it's some interesting some interesting things i mean i was in a previous role in between sort of running the sales academy and, and one thing and another um was head of talent um for, for a large uh, company um, for western europe and we had a specific talent retention thing that we used to put in place right was we had a little little guidance to the managers to say and we used to call it adcc so first of all if if we do think this person has potential to progress can they see advancement within the organization do they do they feel like we, we you know there's somewhere for them to go are we developing them so are they getting coaching? Are they getting support? Are they getting on the job? Have they got that connection, emotional connection with the organization? For example, and it was interesting, are they having, for example, lunch with the CEO from time to time? Are they getting some interaction with, with the senior leadership? And is their role challenging to them as well? Because they, they like they love challenge. They're really good people. They, yeah. thrive, they thrive on a positive challenge. And I think having those having those things in place I mean it's slightly different to the Harvard which is obviously more more up to date research but I just wanted to kind of throw those in as a little checklist to to make sure that you're you know not going to have these people disappearing right because the the headhunters for want of a better expression they're always after the really good people aren't they and that that's who that's that's who they're going to be after
2: mr jessen Yes, just coming back to uh, the comments that we've made about responsibility and autonomy. I can think of quite a few uh, very successful ideas that clients that I've worked with over the years have put in place. Um, one company springs to mind where the sales director decided to appoint one member of the team uh, to also be responsible for uh, analyzing competitors within the business. Uh, and that was a nice little extra piece of responsibility that that individual had and members of the team. If they knew they were up against competitor X, Y, Z, they would go and talk to that colleague who had the up-to-date information on that competitor, including their strategies, their prices, the uh, lot. Uh, also, I think um Getting people involved in special projects works very well, whether it's saying to a member of the team, well, uh, I want you to set up the exhibition stand at the NEC uh, or I'd like you to take part in the training course that we're putting together for new recruits. Those special projects that maybe have a time frame of four to five weeks or something like that. They're very, very motivational for people. And I think the other thing that works very well and also provides connection with the C-suite is the creation of project teams where the sales director might say to two or three members of the sales team, I want you to work on this outcome. Uh, The time frame is two months. Uh, I want you to come back to the board with your recommendations on it. And um, if you need to spend a little bit of cash outside work when you get together, we're very happy to fund that. If you need to go and meet in a Chinese restaurant or a pub from time to time, as you are bringing your conclusions together Obviously, we're up for that. So I think project teamwork does, particularly project teamwork across the business, of course, where you may have a salesperson, a marketing person, a production person, somebody from IT and somebody from accounts all working on the same thing. They probably improve their knowledge and understanding of each other's Mm. problems and pressures at the same time, Uh, but they go back to the board. They do a presentation to the board, probably stay for lunch, all of those good things. And that also ticks that C-suite box as well. Yeah. Yeah,
1: But what you're saying there, Phil, is it also ties into what Simon was saying with his ABCC is that it's all about valuing the person as an individual. Yeah. Um, And it's about showing the business cares about them as an individual. Um, rather than thinking that all they're there for is the salary and that's Mm -hmm. it. They're not. They're there to be respected as an individual. And so it's about that relationship that the company has with them as individual people for their own desires and motivations and so on. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because every good salesperson will tell you that crucial to sales is understanding the customer as an individual Um, and motivating them as an individual. And so everything that salespeople do for their customers is actually what they should be doing for their staff Yeah, Um, because it's the same principle that as long as people feel they're loved and cared for, they'll stick with you.
2: Yeah. And I think the other thing I'd just like to support is is Graham's comment about uh, marketing and sales. If if I I was a chief executive today, uh, I wouldn't have – sales and marketing in separate functions uh, i think i would put them together sales and marketing my, my experience of sales and marketing being separate uh, it often becomes tribal warfare mm-hmm. and you have a situation where marketing that has allegedly carried out a period of customer research uh, says to the sales team these are the products that we want you to sell in the future And the sales team is saying, well, why don't you get close to the customers and you'd find out what the customers want us to actually make. And so it goes on and uh, you get that delightful clash between the slightly more intellectual and theoretical marketing people compared to the street fighters Mm. and pragmatists that exist within the sales team.
0: Well, I've always believed the best way to break down organizational silos is to get people from the silos working together more often. And you start to, the edges start to become more fluid, don't they? So having salespeople involved in, with the marketing the process or how they're going to yeah. the lead generation or how they're going to use mqls like marketing qualified leads what's the what's the criteria and have sales involved and vice versa the other way around. and you know I was, I was interviewing an md for another podcast I've been involved in recently and, and um, the expression mar sales came up which was lovely that she 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 generated she said we need them to be one department because yeah. they're so they're so vitally important to each other Mm. And I think also is that salespeople need to be showing to marketing that they are valuing the leads they are given, which would hopefully encourage marketing to be doing more of it. Because I know some salespeople can be very dismissive of leads that arrive from marketing. Okay, maybe sometimes the quality is variable, but to... Tar them all with the same brush, I think, is, you know, is not necessarily yeah. there. But also, what's the expectation How of salespeople? We're not expecting marketing to give you 100% of your leads. So, you know, make it clear who is responsible for, for what. So lead generation yeah. is a shared activity. And how can we work together? What are we doing in sales? Or what are you doing in marketing? How can we collaborate to generate the best possible leads and to treat them well and use them well? At the yeah. early part of the sales process.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So that's a fascinating, uh, fascinating piece of research there from from Harvard, and some additional ramblings from the sales chat <laughs> show team as well for you to, to to hopefully hopefully give you some help there. Because and and I think to Graham, to your point is it is the probably it's the the hidden cost and the hidden disruption. That that is the biggest concern It's costing you an awful lot of money to replace somebody and there's all the intangible things you've lost of knowledge and relationships and those sort of things that can be super hard to overcome and, and to and to recover. But of course, if you are going to lose somebody, because I don't think anybody can retain everybody all the time, no matter how good you are, I think it is important that that person exits the company really well and the door is left wide open for them to come walking back in. If it doesn't work out, maybe sooner or later or in a couple of years time, maybe two, three years time, keep in touch, keep connected with them, have a coffee with them from time to time because there might be an opportunity to bring them back into the organization at some stage in the future. So obviously do everything in your power to stop that happening. But if it does, I think make, make the departure super professional as well. I think that's and do an exit interview and find out why they've left and, and do it probably after they've gone with a neutral person, because then they'll tell you why they left for real, not, not the polite because they'll often say it was money. Which yeah. it probably isn't going to be. I'm, you know, if it's your boss, you're not likely to say it's you why you're leaving. <laughs> it's you, boss, right? Which often it is, right? Yeah. Relationship with manager is always always high, is always high on the list. So folks, we hope that's given you some thoughts and ideas to keep those top performers to keep that top sales talent inside your organization. So good luck with all of that retention. It's been Simon Hazeldine, Graham Jones, and Phil Jessen for the sales chat show over 250 episodes in the sales chat show back catalog or in our, asset library oh that sounds posher doesn't it chaps our asset library um available for you wherever you prefer to download your podcast too please make sure you subscribe to the sales chat show so you'll be notified of new episodes which we release on a regular basis thank you for listening folks good luck and good selling